victory. How many of you believe that? Your face ought to show it. Everything about you ought to show it. And we are going to focus on the victory that we already have. You hear me say this all the time. But I can't tell you how many times during the course of the day a thought comes into my mind that is totally contrary to the Word of God. Can I see the hands of all the people? The same thing happens to you. And it's like I'm on a one-road track. I say I thank God for the victory that I have through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I am steadfast. I don't feel it. But I am steadfast. I am immovable. But I don't feel it. But I am about the Father's business. And my work will not be in vain. Because the moment I start to say that, I start to believe that all over again. So let's all say it together. Thank God for the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I know without a doubt my labor is not in vain. Let's give the Lord another hand. You can all be seated. Good to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. We're going to make our confession here in just a minute. I had a joke. How many of you take medicine? Can I see your hands? This joke was funny to me just because of some of the stuff I take and what the doctor told me, but a really upset patient, I'm running into the doctor's office and I got to see the doctor right away. And, and the nurse came out and said, the doctor's busy. He can't see you right now. What's the problem? I said, it's this prescription that the doctor told me that I'm supposed to be taking. And she said, well, what's the problem? I said, well, the doctor said I have to take it for the rest of my life. So well, what is the problem? And it says on the vial that I picked up, it said no refills. <laughs> you get that in a little bit. All right, let's make, let's make our confession. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? amen. Now the only but the goody. Glory to God. The word of God is true. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. The message tonight is uh, li li living the Word of God, which is, I believe, your number one priority. If you're living the Word of God, then the power of God is moving in your behalf and on your behalf. If you're not, then you'll focus on something else and it'll get you in trouble. The devil is defeated, powers and principalities are defeated, and you and I have been given the victory. And we're not just saying words, we actually have the victory. When you say 1 Corinthians 15, 57, 58, and what Jesus told us, the abundant life that we have, that's what I say, I have the victory. 
your mind will try to tell you something else during the course of the day, just as my mind tries to talk to me. How many of you have your mind talking to you without you even feeding in anything to think, but your mind thinks all by itself and tells you things that will be contrary to the Word of God? It's because of the influence of this world. And the devil does walk about as that proverbially roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. And he can get a hold of anybody if he can get a hold of your mind, and he'll cause you to get conflicting thoughts in your mind. And what happens many times is we start going the wrong direction. The Word of God will never fail us. And I want to give you a couple of scriptures here uh, hurriedly in the time that we have left. But this is the powerful instruction that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And when he was confronted by the devil, he said, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I want to say that again. The Son of God said, you and I should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That means we have a pretty interesting life of studying the written Word of God and making sure we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that in all things, everybody say all things. So that in all things, we're consulting the manual and we're consulting the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because if we aren't, then we'll be influenced by the world. How many of you don't like to read instructions like me? I have found out the hard way over the years that if you read the instructions and follow them line by line by line by line, almost everything works the way the instructions tells you it would work. I prefer not to read the instructions and call Mark Hassett instead and say, Mark, I really screwed this thing up. I need your help. Uh, he'll, that, that is a story that for another time. But, but we've got to know that this is an instruction manual based on everything that God has for us, past, present, and future. It's more important than any technology. It's more important than anything. It, the Word of God is more important than anything. And this needs to be our number one priority when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to emotions, when it comes to uh, what we're doing and how we're thinking. We need to ask ourselves, does this line up with what God is speaking to me? Am I doing what God is showing me to do? And if you say, well, I don't know exactly what God sh wants me to do in this situation, ask God and he will show you or take from the word of God what the word of God says and appropriate it because the power of God is in his word. So let's all say it. The power of God, power is, God. Is, in his word. is in his word. Now James 4, 7 is a powerful scripture that says that if you're submitted to God, we resist the devil and he will flee. The devil left Jesus alone in the book of Mark, chapter 4, after Jesus had finally had it with him, and Jesus quoted the word of God, Deuteronomy chapter 8, over and over again to the devil, and he finally left. It doesn't say this in the book of Matthew, but in the book of Luke, Jesus finally got upset with, G with the devil, and in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, I believe it is, he said, Away with you, Satan! And, and Satan left Jesus because Jesus spoke his authority over the devil. Now, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know it works. The devil is free to roam about as that proverbial roaring lion. He's free to come and go as he wants, but he can't stay in our lives if we command him out. Jesus said, away with you, and he left. But it says the devil left Jesus. He disengaged from him to come back at a more appropriate time. 
That's an interesting comment. More appropriate time. Meaning he was going to leave him now, but he was going to come back again. You know that your mind is continually under attack. And that if you know how to respond to that attack, you're going to be powerful and walking in the victory that you have. But if your mind is not renewed to the things of God, you can fall prey to what the, the enemy is trying to do in your life. So what we've got to do is understand, how am I going to walk in the authority that I've been given? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, gives us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What we bind on earth, we be bound in the heavenlies. What we bind in the heavenlies, we be bound on earth and vice versa, the opposite direction. Meaning that we have authority. The word keys represents authority. So the word authority is in the words that we speak that line up with the word of God. Let's just practice it right now. I am healed, I am healed. By, the by the stripes of Jesus. I speak things that are not as if they were. I have the mind of Christ. Now, don't interrupt that statement and say, my mind is all screwed up. Your mind may feel all screwed up, but that's not what you have. You have what the Word of God says. So let's all say, I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. When you start to download the Word, the Word comes out when you get squeezed. Squeezed? <laughs> squeezed. Squeezed. And, and, and so then you've got working for you what God wants you to work. Now, what I want to get to hurriedly here is, is these four things that I want to leave you with that I usually end up with that God corrected me on in a couple of messages that I have preached before. And in these messages, I would say that there are three steps for your success that you really need to have. But I felt like the Lord corrected me when I was praying over this message right now concerning walking in the victory that we have. And that is, I used to say that, you know, it's important that you meditate the Word of God. And then it's important that you speak the Word of God. And then important that you uh, live the Word of God. But God corrected me and said, no, number one is you have to know the Word of God. Everybody say, number one, number one. is the number one thing. And if there's one thing that I have noticed in a lot of people today, they don't know the Word of God. So when you're talking about meditating the Word of God and living the Word of God and speaking the Word of God, it's like it's almost falling on deaf ears. Yeah, I know that, I know that, but I don't know it. And a lot of people, more so than ever in my life, more people don't know what they don't know. In other words, they don't know they don't know. They think they know everything. You don't. If you don't know the Word of God, you don't know. And so you cannot go on to the other things to have the victory that God wants us to have. So number one, you have to know the Word of God. You've got to have it downloaded in you. More important than anything is knowing the Word of God. We're raising children today that aren't learning the Word of God. We've got our schools where they don't learn the Word of God. We've got situations where they don't learn the Word of God. Technology is going the way of the Antichrist. That's for another message. Beware of your children and technology. Beware, beware, beware of your children and technology. But number one, we've got we to gotta know the Word of God. Then we've got to meditate the Word of God. Then we've got to speak the Word of God. And then we've got to live the Word of God. And if we get these things so much as a discipline in our life, it will change our life. If you say, well, I'm already doing that, then if you continue to do it and excel in it and exceed in it, it's going to change your life even for more and more better because the power of God is going to be flowing from you. 
The Word of God in number four up there must live the Word of God. James 1.22 says that a doer of the Word is the one that will be blessed. But if it's not a doer of the Word, that person won't be blessed in what he does. The way the blessing of God flows is that we actually live the Word of God. And when you're around people, I'm talking about Christians now, that you know know the Word of God but they're describing all of the problems and situations and challenges in their life. You know they're pulling away from the power in their life, and they're starting to describe everything that is going wrong. Can I see the hand? My hand is raised. Can I see the hands of all the people? There's something not going right the way you believe it should in your life. Probably every hand would be raised. Now, if we focus on that, It'll pull us away from the Word of God. But if we focus on the Word of God, then the power of God flows from us into every situation that we're based in. That's why it's so important that we stay plugged in to the power of God. Now, I'm going to share a couple of situations in my life in just a moment here, but a couple of scriptures here. Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, and Matthew 8, 8. It's the story of the Roman centurion. I'm going to simplify it. Jesus came. The Roman centurion came to him and, and said, look, uh, uh, you know, my servant is home. He's, he's uh, dying, and, and uh, I need you to, to uh, pray for my servant. And Jesus said, I'll come. The Roman centurion said, no, you don't need to come to my house. All you got to do is say a word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said the word, and the servant was healed. But Jesus responded in verse number 10. He said, I have not found this great a faith in all of Israel. In other words, whatever Jesus said, it will be. Whatever Jesus said, it will be. Whatever Jesus said, it will be. Did he say we have abundance? It is abundance. Did he say we have healing? It is healing. Did he say we have his mind? We have his mind. Did he say if we ask anything in accordance with his will, he will do it? He said that. He said that. He said that. He said that. And we become so tenacious that we don't entertain anything that is contrary to the Word of God and the will of God. This will change your life. But everybody say, I must learn what the Word of God says. Now in John chapter 8, it says, you should know the truth. The truth shall set you free. <clears throat> there are many people that have been set free by the truth of the Word of God, but they don't know what that means. And you and I as carriers of that truth in us, knowing that we're going to speak and live the Word of God, are going to have the victory in every area of our life. Now, I want to bring us to, the, uh, to uh, Joshua, my hero in the Old Covenant. Pam made reference to Joshua <coughs> Sunday. But, but this is my old covenant hero. I can relate to Joshua, especially a couple of mistakes Joshua made. Uh, but in Joshua, uh, when he was promoted, God gave him instructions. And, and, and the, one of the instructions that he gave him was so powerful in Joshua 1, 8, and 9. If you've been around this church, you hear me say it all of the time. But God spoke to Joshua and said, Joshua, if you'll meditate the Word of God day and night, you will make your way prosperous and you will be successful. So that meant that Joshua had a, a part to play in the victory that he had been given. He had to meditate the Word of God day and night. You have to do the same thing. Tell your neighbor, you have to do the same thing. <clears throat> this will help all of your friends and relatives and in-laws and outlaws. It may not make you popular, but when you're around people that are going the wrong direction with the words that are coming out of them, you need to intervene in their life. And you need to say, let me tell you what the Word of God says about this situation. 
This just happened to me the other day. I was talking to a man on the phone, and he was explaining things, and he was really going the wrong direction. And I, and I said, this is what the Word of God says about that situation. He said, but you don't understand. How many of you have ever heard something like that? You, you don't understand. I shared the Word of God again, and he hung up on me. Now, now I've got nobody there, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should have handled this differently. We're living with a lot of people, young, old, and everything else that are in what I call the snowflake society. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, we want to tell the truth because the truth sets you free. Everybody say it. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I'm sitting there in the office with the phone in my hand thinking, God, did I handle that wrong? I know I said what I thought I was supposed to say based on your spirit, but I don't have anybody listening on the other end of the phone. All I had was the hang-up. But I felt like the Lord said, when you speak my word, it will not return void. The power of my word will go forth. Somebody can say, I reject it, but they cannot reject the power of the word they've heard. They can try to get rid of it and not follow it, but the power is in the word of God. And if that word of God is coming out your mouth, it will set people free. Maybe, maybe you'll never even know it, but it'll be weeks down the road or, or years down the road that somebody will turn their life around because of the word of God that you spoke into their life. Some of you have had that happen to you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The word of God was spoken into your life. So Joshua knows what to do. And I know I've preached on this before over the years, but Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 7, uh, Battle of Jericho, he did it right because he asked God what to do. God showed him. Uh, first Battle of Ai, he didn't ask God what to do because the people said, you don't need to do anything. It's going to be okay. Uh, we are stronger than those people. How many of you have ever gotten in trouble listening to other people? Every hand probably should be raised. Uh, they, they, people get you in, hand, uh, in trouble, but the Word of God and the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit won't get you in trouble. But in the second Battle of Ai, he went to God and he repented and he found out there was sin in the camp. He found out what was going wrong in the camp. But the number one thing was, if you study Joshua, he did not have the Word of God working in his life in the first battle of Ai. In the first battle of Ai, God told him exactly what he wanted. The power of God and the Word of God was in his spirit, in his heart, and he did exactly what God said, and the victory came forth. Second battle, he did not know what God wanted him to do. This is what happens to a lot of us. We're quick to make a decision based on our emotions and our intellect and our mind. And we make a decision, but we didn't consult God first. When you don't consult God first, guess what? You don't have operating in your power. You don't have the power of God through his word operating. Joshua turned right around, even though he repented before God, and he made another mistake in Joshua chapter 9. Uh, I'd forgotten about this one, but when uh, he, he was tricked into accepting a covenant relationship that the Word of God told him he shouldn't do. And he did it because of the trick that came from the Jebusites or whatever they were. I think Jebusites, is that right? Yeah, and, and uh, they, 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 they tricked Joshua, but nobody can trick you. Turn to your neighbor and say, nobody can trick you. Joshua would not have been tricked if when they said to him, we want to form a covenant with you, he didn't pray about it. He said, 
okay. The people said, go ahead and do it. It's a good deal. He said, okay, and he went ahead and did it. And then he paid a price for it because he did something he shouldn't have done. Let me say the hands of all the people you've done things you shouldn't have done, and you paid a price for it. My hand is raised too. Now, what happens then is we don't get in the habit of asking God based on the written word of God and based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this situation? <clears throat> this is in my book, but it really, it really ministered to me when it happened. I learned a valuable lesson from it, and, and I wanted to share it with you because some of you maybe haven't read the book. Uh, I, I really encourage you to, but when we were doing the work at the Sudan, uh, in the Sudan, the first outreach we had to build the dormitory, $12,000, uh, I wouldn't say it came in easy, but we released our faith. We had a great outreach, a great time. I think you played in the golf tournament, Bill. Uh, and, and the $12,000 we were looking for, it came in. While there was a lot of hard work that was done, it, it really was pretty easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It, it, it came in pretty easy. It was, it was pretty good. And the second outreach we had, when we felt like God wanted us to have $50,000, and we put it all together, and God showed us exactly how to do every step of the way, and bam, the 50000 came in. Now it's feeling pretty good. I'm sure Joshua felt really good after the battle of uh, Jericho. I'm sure he was really high-fiving it. And man, this is really easy stuff to do for the Lord. And we were really feeling good about that. And then the next one was $100,000. And in the book, I, I chronicle that. But I was given an option to do that I listened to and without consulting God, I made a decision that cost us $30,000. Now, I didn't know at the time I did it. Can I see the hands of all the people you have done things wrong and that you thought you were going to do it right? Yeah. But it didn't work out that way. And I didn't know at the time that I made a mistake. All I knew is that when we finished the outreach, we had $70,000, and God said we're going to raise $100,000. I thought, God, what is the problem? And this is what I heard you. <clears throat> I, thought, I don't think so. Uh, but then he showed me what I did wrong. And it really shocked me because I didn't know I did it. But what I did in my hurry of having a victory and a victory and a victory was not consult God about the decision. Every decision God should be consulted. I know what would have happened if I'd asked God what to do. But it, the thing that presented itself to me made sense. One of the biggest areas the devil is using in the world today is, well, this makes sense. Uh, shouldn't we do this? Shouldn't we all be at peace and have a good time? Doesn't that make sense? Uh, shouldn't all of these things? And all of a sudden, it starts to make sense to you but it's subtly contradicting the Word of God, which contradicts the power of God. Wave your hand at me if you're getting this, okay? Because all of a sudden it got really quiet in here. In other words, am I really hearing from God what He's speaking to me, or am I just making my decisions based on common sense? Common sense can get you in trouble. In the realm of the Spirit, 
our operation is not based on common sense. Our, our, our direction comes from the Holy Spirit. And people will say, you ought to do this, you ought to do this, and this is right, and this is right, and this is right. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but if you've not consulted God, you don't know. And if you don't know, then the truth is not working in your life. The truth will make you free, and the truth is, what is God saying for us to do? So let's all say it. I shall know the truth, and the truth will set me free. So what we have to do is get so disciplined in our life so disciplined in our life that our decisions are going to be based on talking to God. Pam and I have reached this a long time ago in our life. I, I learned it the hard way. I would make a decision. I'd try to get her to do whatever I wanted to do, and you know, sometimes vice versa, but I think I was the biggest culprit because Pam really had walked a long time with the Lord and, and leading the Holy Spirit. And, and I was still, you know, would this make sense to me and got us in a lot of trouble. In, in the beginning. <laughs> you can smile now, uh, but I did. I got us in a lot of trouble in the beginning. I thought I knew everything, and then I realized there's somebody who knows more than I do, and that's God, and that if I consult God, I'm okay. I could care less what people think about what I know God spoke to me because I know that I hear from God, and I know the truth, and the truth has set me free. Whether somebody wants to follow or not is between them and Almighty God, but I know when I hear from the Holy Spirit. And when, and when Pam and I make decisions, we'll pray together and we'll say, now if this is God, He's going to confirm it to both of us. Uh, he'll confirm it to us. And time and time again, we've watched something. Now, we don't always hear at the same moment the same thing, but all of a sudden it'll start to come together and it's like, wow, now we've got unity. See, Ephesians 4.3 it says, always endeavor to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people are trying to keep unity with, with one another and with whole situations and even sometimes in families like that. Well, you want your family at unity, no question like that, but you don't compromise the Word of God and the willing and, and, and the leading of the Holy Spirit to try to keep peace in a family. You speak to bring the will of God into that situation. You speak what Holy Spirit shows you to do so that you can help that situation and help those people. Otherwise, what you can do is the same thing as Joshua did. He listened to other people. In the second battle of, first battle of Ai, he listened to other people, and he said, well, that makes sense. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe somebody would be upset if I send them into battle. Maybe this, maybe that. Who is consulting the Holy Spirit for you? Nobody but you. Tell your neighbor, you are in charge. You are in charge to hear what God is saying to you. And if you know what God is saying, then you have the truth and you have been set free to move on with what God has for you. I learned a valuable lesson in that golf tournament. I really did. Uh, I, and even to this day, as I was preparing for this message, I can find myself starting to make a decision and then realizing I hadn't talked to God. I haven't talked to God. You can talk to God all the time. God, I've got a decision to make today. This is what I'm feeling, but tell me, what is it that I really need to hear from you? And God will speak to you. God, I know you hear me say this all the time, but it's so true. God will never, ever not tell you what he wants you to know. Never will he not tell you what he wants you to know because he wants you to have it because that's where the power is. That's where the force is in your life. And you go on and become what God's called you to be. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm just going to paraphrase all this for time's sake. We'll, stop, we'll just start, start here with number one. 
Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. If you focus on that first part, the enemy can really get you down. Now, I'm older than most of you, but I was raised in a generation where you hardly ever hear about abortion. Number one, it wasn't legal. You never hear about abortion. You'd never hear about different lifestyles being acceptable because it just wasn't acceptable. You would never hear about body parts of infants being sold. You would never hear about the sex trade with children. You would never hear about people who not only would you never hear about that stuff, you'd never hear about people defending it. But it's okay. We're living in a world that is getting darker and darker and darker and darker. We can't focus on the darkness. Tell your neighbor, don't focus on the darkness. Don't focus on the darkness. Realize that in this world that is spiraling out of control, we have the answer. Let's just say, I have the answer. And if you're not careful, you can just go along with the way of the world. Yeah, I understand how you feel. Yeah, yeah it makes sense to me. When I hear people say that, makes sense to me. It's like you're, you're about to hear something that is not scriptural. Because the only thing that should register with us is what does the Word of God say about that situation. But there is good news. Tell your neighbor, there is good news. Let's fast forward to the end of <clears throat> Timothy 3. All Scripture, talking about the Word of God now. Everybody say, that's the Word of God. The Word of God is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. You know what that reproof basically means? I understand how you feel, but you're totally wrong. And now I'm going to tell you what the Word of God has to say. Reproof for correction. Everybody say correction. correction. Let me just explain to you how other people feel and sometimes you place your feelings in them. How many of you like to be corrected? How many of you do not like to be corrected? So what do you do? You put yourself in the position of somebody else. And you say, well, I wouldn't want to be corrected here. I would like to be corrected every time I'm wrong. And I am. In the very beginning of our marriage, Pam, Pam has walked with the Lord a lot longer than I have. In the very beginning of our marriage, Pam, because she loved me and believed that I was a gift from God and believed that I was a handsome prince, and but, no, <laughs> she, would, she would correct me with the word. It drove me up a wall. I am the man of this house, and I know what's going on. And, but then over a period of time of learning the hard way, it's like, darn, she hears from God. She hears from God faster than I do, and she is a valuable asset. Asset. What? And, 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 I, and I need to listen to my wife. And you know what? When I started, it really went well with me. We are a great team. Don't 
cut off the hand that is trying to help you, and we have the victory together. So then it goes on to say, for instruction in righteousness, really, so all the blessings will be upon you, that the man of God, everybody say, this is me, that the man or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. What does that mean? Yeah, say it. hallelujah. Let's say it. Because that's what we are. We are prepared for the darkness. We are prepared with the light of Jesus. We are prepared to do what needs to be done. We have the answers. We walk in love. We walk in compassion. We walk to help people. We want to give them the word of God. We want to show them the truth. We want them to have what we want. But we don't back down from what we know based on the fact they don't want to hear it. We are on an assignment from God. God will lead us, God will guide us, and God will show us what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. And when you get to that point of tenacity in your life, you'll realize, I'm on an assignment from God. Everywhere I go, God is going to give me the answer. I'm going to pray. He's going to show me what to do. He's going to show me how to help people. He's going to show me how to correct people when they go the wrong direction. Well, what if they don't like the correction? He's going to show me how to do it. And the moment he shows you is maybe that moment you have in their life when what you say will register with them and it'll change your entire life. Pam would say things to me over the course of our marriage in the very beginning. I didn't like it at all. It upset me. But when I would meditate it, I couldn't get it out of my spirit. It came over and over and over again. When you shoot the weapon of God's Word into somebody's life, they can't get rid of it. The Word of God will not return void. They may not like you for it, but they're going to carry that thing around with them the rest of their life. And it's going to convict them of sin. It's going to convict them of the direction they're going. And the devil's going to condemn them. And praise God, they're going to get saved, set free, and healed, and move on with the rest of their life, all because you shine the light of Jesus in their life. We are on an assignment from God. We have the power of God in our life, and we have the answer for the world. This is not arrogant. But if you know the Word of God, you have the answer for the world. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all say, I have the answer for the world. What you've got to do is do your part, and that is download the Word of God. You have not a spirit of fear, but you have power. You have love. You have a sound mind. You're going from glory to glory. You are on assignment from God, and your labor is not in vain. All of you have areas in your life where you need an answer to prayer. But some of you are here tonight, you need a miracle. You are on the verge of a situation and you really need a miracle. That's you, lift your hand because we're going to pray for you right now. Hands over here, several of them behind you, Don. Over on that section, anybody in this section at all, Diana, we prayed for before, but we'll pray for again, Diana, because Diana is a miracle already in Jesus' name. Father, you are no respecter of persons. You perform miracles, signs, and wonders in the name of Jesus. I bind hopelessness now. I bind hopelessness. There is always hope, and hope will never disappoint. We are going from glory to glory, and in Jesus' name, we speak the word of God. You have the mind of Christ, financial needs being met, healing where healing is needed. And that in the name of Jesus, we are on an assignment from God to go from glory to glory. 
in Jesus' name, we will fulfill our assignment. And everybody said, now we're going to go out of here tonight. I love it. I love it. I love it. But when you download the Word of God, you know, you may say, well, I can't remember a whole lot. Well, just get one scripture that really turns you on and make sure you never forget that thing. But I just do this continually. I am on an assignment from God. My labor is not in vain. Sometimes it looks like it is, but my labor is not in vain. How do you know it's not in vain if it looks like it is? Because the Word of God trumps what it looks like. The Word of God trumps Sounds like a political thing. But the Word of God trumps any situation we face. We have, that's all that, I have the trump card. And it's called Jesus. It's not a jack in a deck. It's called Jesus. And we have the trump card over anything that we experience. So let's say it. Thanks be to God who has given me the victory. Therefore, I am steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing without a doubt my labor is not in vain. You believe that? Give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Have a great rest of the night. David.